can't tell if the chemistry is good by looking at it. It wasn't clear yesterday. For the last time, the saltwater pool is a chlorine pool. This is the Talking Pools podcast with pool pros from every region in the country. If it happens in a pool, you'll hear about it here. Everything from tips and hacks to the latest tricks and trends, breaking news. We lay it on the line. We tell it like it is because we think you deserve to know. Hey guys, Heather here on the Talking Pools podcast with Hump Days with Heather. I hope you're having an amazing day. I know I am not. (laughs) So everybody's talking about the weather in DFW, and I mean everybody. So we have so much weather going on right now, and I'm sorry, my office is texting me. Give me a second. Hold on. Hold on. Um... Anyways, we've got so much weather going on right now, and it is flooding. Everybody is talking about the rain between Dig and Gun Night, and us especially, because cave-ins, right? We all know about cave-ins. It's a mess that people don't know, right? Hopefully, you're covered in your contract for that, because it can be quite expensive. So let's talk about how... How to prevent, well, let me rephrase that because you can never prevent a cave-in. So let me make that clear. You can never prevent a cave-in. But let's talk about how we can help eliminate some of the issues that cause cave-ins. That may be a better terminology, right? So first and foremost, you never want to dig if you see the weather is going to be bad. Obvious, right? Of course, we checked the weather before I dug. Always. The the 10 days was clear as can be. Well, the day I dug, the weather changed. Like, or not the day, the next day. 60-70% chance of rain and flooding. I'm like, are you shitting me? Oh my god. So, this pool's been dug now for four days. Five, five days now. Five days. I apologize. And it's just been sitting. I've got it covered. It's caved in twice. I've got it formed up. I've have it done. So I and I I couldn't flash it because of the weather. It's been pouring rain. So what hubby did is we put some some chicken wire. And yes, I am not joking about this, but because it's a free form pool, so I can't I can't do the two by fours and form it up with the pegboard because it, the pegboard will move, but the two by fours will not. So I'd have to cut little bitty two by fours, which is going to be like literally eight inches to twelve inches max long, which isn't really going to do shit for holding that in, right? So we got some chicken wire. <laughs> We got some concrete mix that was dry mix. We put it on top of it and we rolled it. (laughs) I rolled it on the sides of this pool, y'all. And no, I'm not joking about this. And so far, knock on wood, it's it's held. I don't have any more cave-ins at the moment. Because the problem for this particular pool, it's caving in where the patio is. And I'm like freaking out because it's removing the soil up under the existing patio. So... Outside of this, what are we actually supposed to do? So obviously, don't let your your construction crew pre-grade for pavers and decking. You want to let as much dirt and grass stay 
around that area as much as possible if you know the weather is going to come in. Yeah, that's going to kind of suck for you to come in and pre-grade. And I know sometimes you can't you can't always do that because of tight spaces like this particular pool for us. I had them only pre-grade like two foot behind that pool, which I shouldn't have done, but I know. And I left five foot behind, even though I, need, I needed to do the full um, seven foot. I only did some of it. So we all know definitely not to pre-grade. I just like, because I know I couldn't get an excavator back there again. I'd rather only grade a certain amount than the entire seven foot. It may be bigger than seven foot. I have to go back and measure. Um, don't add kickers until closer to shot creep because when you add those kickers, I know sometimes it's not possible, but when you add those kickers that goes into that dirt, that actually helps, you know, kind of collapse. And of course, big soil turns into all this as well. So hopefully you are doing soil test because this particular pool that I'm doing has horrible soil. So bad. Launch your product with the Talking Pools podcast by placing your ad here. For information on sponsoring the Hump Days with Heather podcast, contact us at talkingpools at gmail.com. want to just make sure that you have pre-route of the downspouts with the drainage pipes because this is a drainage pipe that we have we obviously routed it but it disconnected from the downspout oh my god and it just started to pour right where my cave-in is i'm like son of a bitch so yesterday, before it started raining again, we went and checked this pool at 7 o'clock at night, to make right before the rain started to hit, to make sure I downspout. And the effing downspout came off again. Thank God I checked it. Hubby was like, we're going to go check it. I'm like, oh, it'll be fine. We did it. Da, da, da. He's like, no, we're going. So we go and we check it. Thank God he forced me to go do that. So this time we just wrapped it on a downspout with duct tape. I did red tape and we did duct tape. <laughs> if that bitch comes off again, I don't know. I don't know what to do with this downspout because, you know, obviously we have that black tube that's connected to it that's routing, routing and rain it. Um, next, we're going to spread bags of cement on tanning ledges and benches with the most water to help keep those formed up. Obviously, for me, tanning ledge and benches, I can build out of, out of rebar. I'm not, I'm not too big on that, but that's always a good idea. So that's kind of what we did for the wall. That's like my own semi-flashing with chicken wire and rolling that cement in on the wall to help hold it on. Because I put it on top of it where we pre-graded a bit and I put it on that wall to help with that. So, but always bags of cement on the benches as well as the tanning ledges. Because that's going to help keep, keep that together. Because obviously it's free-formed in the pool, so it's sitting. Um, you want to make sure you control the water. So brim, swells, and rerouting downspouts, all, all of that. And then putting that sub pump in the bottom of the pool. So when you put the sub pump in, try to get the one with the float if you can. Like ours, we just found out the damn float. <laughs> Stupid thing broke. But hubby, being the hubby man that he is, he thankfully was able to fix that. So we have the little float in there to, to prevent the damage at the bottom of the pool. 
Oh, the pump it out on plastic. I know everybody's stressing. I'm stressing. I'm just like, oh my God, of course. Anyways, um, plastic. Plastic is next. Okay, I'm just going through everything that I've done on this pool, so forgive me. Plastic, six mil. Guys, don't do the three mil plastic. Do the six mil. You can go get a, a whole bundle for like 150 bucks, 180 bucks. Like I, somewhere around there is what we paid for ours. I bought three huge rolls of that. If you go on the Facebook groups or even my Facebook page itself, even, you know, Talking Pools group, I think is where I posted it. You'll see this shit ton of plastic that's over. And this pool has piers too. So that's been, that's been a whole ordeal and fun. So make sure you put plastic down around the entire pool. Okay, guys, not just around the edges. You want to do the entire pool and go back as far. I mean, as far as you can go back. Now, if you're in a wide open field, I would go a minimum of like four to five foot back because the whole point of that is to make sure that nothing happens inside of that pool. Um, outside of that, you want to make sure that you have the form boards that are actually formed if you have a rectangle pool where you can actually form it properly and, and have that pegboard to, to hold against it. Because we all know if that pool caves in and you don't flash it, then you're redoing gun night, or not gun night, excuse me, you're redoing rebar, you're redoing plumbing and whatever else may happen. So those are just some of my little tidbit helps with that. And then of course, flashing. I think I mentioned that already. Did I mention that? If not, flash it. So flashing, I know will cost a lot more than most, but that will definitely help. And that's like the number one thing mixed in with the plastic bags, of course, always plastic bags. Six mil, guys, six mil. Well, that is my little tidbit help for everything that's going on to help with cave-ins. Again, cave-ins can't be prevented, but we can figure out things and processes that we can do to help litigate the issue with that. Well, until next week, Talk soon. Bye, guys. I just wanted to take a minute to say thank you for listening today. I'm hoping you enjoyed the episode as much as we enjoyed putting it together for you. Listen, it's been a couple of wacky, crazy, screwed up years from pandemic to Poolmageddon. I just want you to know that we are all in this together. If there's anything that we can do for you, send me an email at talkingpools at gmail.com. Again, that's talkingpools at gmail.com. We're here. This is your podcast. We are the Pool People's Podcast of the Pool People for the Pool People by the Pool People's Podcast. This one is about you. So thank you for tuning in and listening. Do me a favor. Click subscribe before you go. That way you don't miss an episode. 